I can hear you again. Yeah, you're not coming through your USB microphone, though. Hello. Hello, hello. Say again. Hello. Hello. Yeah, that's it. There we go. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> can you hear me? Right. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, fine. <sighs> Does my head in these... I tell you what, the software, you pay this mu- so much money for stuff. I know. Right, hang on. Bear with me a second. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. What is going on? One, two, one. Right. Okay. So my microphone has decided to. Oh, for God's sake. Right. Is this a sign, Damien? Do you think? I don't know. Do you think it's a sign somewhere? One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, five. Right. Okay. So that's that one. That's that one. And that's that one. Right. One day game, right? God, that's awful in my ears. Terrible. Clean edit. I'm even doing the captain's job for him now. On these three media, this is the Three Men and a Microphone podcast. Okay, right. Let's try again. Take <sighs> four. Is that your side? Thing. Yeah, it's my side. It's this fucking bit of software. Oh, Jesus Christ. Right. Bear with me. I'll be back in a second. Okay. Right. Do you know what? Let's. I, I will add the music in after because that seems to be affecting it. So let's just crack on and we'll add the music in and I'll do it in post. Right. You ready? These three media. Three men and a microphone podcast. Welcome to episode number 96 of Three Men and a Microphone from These Three Media. My name is Ian. Thank you very much for downloading this episode of the podcast. We are fast approaching our 100th episode. Um, and I am joined today by just Damien. Hello. Just me. Just, just me. you. Just you. Like the old days, to be honest. Yeah. Um, because the certain... Um, what do you call him? Greek fish and chip shop man. Yeah. Um, has yet again decided to bail on us um, and this show for another week. Now, if you look back over the past 96 episodes, you'll see a constant throughout of them. That'd be me. Um, the other not so constant is Damien, and the other not so constant is Darren. Um, because they go, oh, oh, I've got stuff on, I can't get out of it. Oh, oh I'm going to have to do this. Oh, what a shame no one cared. Um, and he has disappeared. So he's not here today. Um, anyway, should we start the show? But it's controversial, isn't it? Because he was meant to be so-called DJing tonight. And he sent us a photo, uh, sorry, a picture of himself. Uh, yeah, a photo on a hill with yes. his wife. And we're going to get to the bottom of that in a moment. But let's start episode 96 of Three Men in a Microphone.
So yes, welcome along. Thank you so much for downloading this episode of the podcast. My name is Ian. We've got Damien with us as well. Um, coming up today, um, I'm sure Damien's going to talk about his um, trip to see Alan Partridge. Aha! Early on this week. Yes, I will be. But we'll start, um, because there is only two of us on Three Men and a Microphone, um, this week. And we will start with the fact that um, we're recording this on a Friday evening, because um, Damien went to see Alan Partridge last night. That was all agreed on the last record. We went, yeah, that's fine, we'll be here Friday. And then, <laughs> what a surprise, <laughs> um, we get a little text message from a certain um, Mr. Antrobus. Um you might have to fly solo without me this week. I'm having a nightmare. Um, something to do with the company's DJs and so forth. I won't get into the details of him because I don't want to um, get into his business side of it. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> no worries. Um, just me and Damien, then it's fine. Um, and then this evening, um, I'm just, just before we come on and do the record, I'm just flicking through Facebook as you do. And then at uh, about 19.02 in the evening, and we're recording this at 20.02, so an hour earlier, I see on Darren's Facebook page, Bank holiday weekend, time to chill and be with the ones that matter the most. Kiss, kiss, love, heart. <laughs> and then a picture of him and his wife um, away at what looks like the, the, the seaside on, you know, and pretty much an April day like it has been today. A little bit cloudy, but quite sunny, quite nice. And I'm like, oh, so you said you were working this weekend, Darren. And that's the reason why you couldn't come and do the show. So then I send a little uh, text message to him with a picture, a little screenshot of that. Not in any way whatsoever questioning your reason for not being able to record tonight, Darrow, Darren, but I, uh, I thought you may have had uh, to cover a gig tonight. And then I did, I'm, I'm, I like my gifts, so I've got the Inspector Gadget tickle the chin gift. Yep, like that, yep. Um, so I, I sort of wait and I'm thinking he's probably panicking slightly now. I've got a feeling he may even be looking through his photo roll and just trying to find a photo of a One DJ set up. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um, and he goes, I will be later. I'm not on another holiday yet. <laughs> just finished setting this up. And I'm sort of thinking, really? Really? Has your wife told you that you need to go away for your bank holiday weekend? Um, and that you're actually away rather than here and you didn't tell us the truth and you got caught out because you stupidly posted this on Facebook? This is a million percent because obviously Darren went from being on some sort of hill somewhere uh, with the air and the fresh air and the, the noise of the, the sea or wherever he was um, and then two minutes later um, he's in some sort of community hall with a disco set up. Now um, this has got set up written all over it. Now, I did think I, I, I might just um, now I wonder, can we look back on his um, radio station that he works on and see mm. who was on earlier? Do they have a listen again um, on there? Probably not because it's, you know, only a small station. Um, let's have a look at the schedule for today. Let's see what see. you could try and do as well is FaceTime him. Well, I did try and phone him earlier and it just went straight to voicemail. Well, you um, know why? Because she's there, isn't she? Yes. She's obviously gone. Not them. Just don't answer yeah. it. Not them. Yeah, I think I think so. I think that's probably it. I think he's um I think he's basically realised that he's double booked and can't make this Friday, or the wife has gone, We are going away on a holiday. It's bank he holiday. Up, to be honest, hasn't he? He's he's looked at his priorities. I mean, look, you know, mine was partridge, it was advanced, it was set, it was I went through the right channels, I went with HR. 
Um, and what's he done? He's gone up a hill to sing a song, and um, he's uh, he's put his family first, which you know most people would say is a good thing to do. Um, I'm not. I you know? do you know? I wouldn't have minded if he'd have gone. Sorry, guys, we've got a last minute break. A little bit of truth. Yeah, we've truth. got a last minute break. I'm really sorry. Um, the wife's booked it. Whatever, whatever. I can't get out of it. I would have gone. Do you know what, Darren? You're a bit of a knob. Um, for doing that last minute, but fair enough. You've got a holiday. He's a liar. We'll see you next week. Let's be honest, lies. I think he is a lies, and I think we may have to have words. Um, if I was in a judicial system now, I'd probably put him in the electric chair. Because <laughs> um, it's a blatant lie, and I think he deserves to you know, be, be, be killed by electricity <laughs> on this show. Well, you know, he's, he's probably, he probably could just act like Boris and go... Um... Hey, come on. I was thinking of you the other day, actually. I got all uh, cosy the other night, sat myself down, and two of the most influential men in this world decided to lock horns for possibly one of the most riveting interviews of all time. It was Trump oh, versus Morgan. God. And I thought of my little Leon there in his little wokeism and his little uh, cancel culture world going, oh, here I am. Oh, no, he said that. He said this. Oh, my goodness, you can't say that. That's a word you can't say. Oh, dear, he said something wrong in 1987, so now we're going to cancel him out. Oh, my goodness, Piers Morgan, you're so wrong. You are the wokest woke man I've ever met. You are the wokest of the wokes. Now, can I just say... So woke is being used now by the slightly more right-leaning people to describe people that are snowflakes. Um, do you want to know the the actual definition of what woke is? So this I, I is the, like, yeah, because this is the I, proper again, definition. Okay, give me the give me the definition. Alert to injustice in society, especially racism. Now I have racism, absolutely though. no, but that is the definition of woke is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. Yeah, see, that last bit there is especially racism. But the bit before it, people are saying... uh, Alert to injustice in society. So being called... But being called woke Mm. in the new sort of Piers Morgan world and the right-wing world... Why is it right-wing? What does that mean? Well, they are. They are right-leaning in the political views so it is well, a that would suggest their labor side no labor is left conservatives are right let me have a look oh they are <laughs> democrats in america are left um the republicans are right that's ah, the, on the political right. scale so labor quite like to be center so center left which is just off the axis of center right but anyway so a woke someone who is woke is alert to injustice in society now, I am very happy to be labelled as that if I am someone that is alert to injustices in society, be that racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, anything to do with that. I am quite happy to be labelled as someone who is woke if that is what I am standing up for and a stand well, I'm glad against. we're talking about this right now because I'm going to ask you a question. And it's a question that I feel needs to be answered and a question that our listeners need to know. And it's a question that many political people have been posed with. And it's one that I feel that the the man of the people, the BBC4, the man of the guardianship, the man that probably would be in the centre of Switzerland because he's so on the fence. Ian Michaels, what is a woman? 
<laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so are you talking about this as in a biological term? I mean, I'm sorry. I, I don't want you to go all Sakia Starmer on me. It's a very simple question. It is a question that I pose to you, Ian Michaels. What is a woman? But it isn't a simple question. Why isn't it? Because it is a female human being, isn't it? Not necessarily. So there's your difference. So, ah, now I'm going to pick up you, pick you up on that. You said it is a female. So a female is someone with a sexual gen, sexual um, organs of a female, which would be the me me, um, and not the ding dong, um, and the me me. Um, so that would be a female. But a woman doesn't necessarily have to have those. So a transgender woman. So someone that was once a man and is now classed as a woman wouldn't necessarily have the organs that would make them female, but they are still a woman. There is my answer. So biologically, what is a woman? Female. A female person would be someone that would have female genitalia. But a woman can be someone that was once male and has, and has transitioned into a woman. There's your difference. So you've answered your own question, mate. On your podcast feed, on your radio, and on your smart speaker, this is Three Men and a Microphone from these three media. So one of my favourite comedies or comedians is Steve Coogan. Um, and for the, for the goodness me, it must have been 30 years or so since I watched... Um, Alan Partridge for the first time. And it was actually, it started once they'd um, axed uh, Wogan and they had a trailer basically that said, brand new talk show coming soon. Um, And you really believe that it was a genuine talk show. Uh, On the last episode, that's one got shot and there were still people believing it was real. (laughs) Uh, So I was delighted when uh, I saw an advert and uh, Steve Coogan as um, Alan Partridge was going on tour in a stage show called Stratagem. Um, now, Stratagem is basically a, a modern way of life. It's a management program. So it's almost like these self-help things where it's like the the M stands for this and the O stands for that. And it's all about a management tool so you know, you know where to go in life and what to do. Um, and we got to the... So first of all, You've got the NEC, you've got the NIA, which don't exist now. They're just different names. So it's something like the Utility Arena or something. I know. I saw that and I was like, what so is where, the Utility Arena? What is, what is this? So it's the it's the old Barclay card. Um, it's it's basically the one that's on uh, Brindley Place uh, by Legoland and all Sea Life Centre and all that sort of stuff. On the canal? On the canal. Yes, yeah. I know. So we got there plenty of time. I was actually working in one of the Birmingham offices. Who, so who, who did you go with? I went with my friend James. Oh, oh, with James. Oh, right, okay. My friend James. So he met me <laughs> Hello, at the James. car park front. I, I know you listen. Hi, James. I, I think I've met you twice, but I know a lot about you. It was great, James. Uh, so he met me at the car park. Um, I oh, was yeah. On... Sorry? Oh, yeah. Stop it. Because, uh, bless him, he turned around and said, don't come all the way back to Redditch, Damien. I'll meet you there. So that was very nice. I met him there. He had a carrier bag with a spare shirt because uh, he went to my house to get the tickets and all that sort of jibber-jabber. A lovely chap. So anyway, we walked. Uh, we had a Pizza Express first. So he bought the shirt for you. He bought the shirt for me. Yeah, <laughs> went to my house and collected the tickets. You two married? Take them. Is he what? Are you two married? Oh, oh, hang on a minute. 
So you, so you knew you were going to be in Birmingham. Yeah. You knew you were going to this to this event. Yeah. And you, you had the tickets at home, yeah. and then you didn't take them with you. That's correct. Did you forget to take them with you? I did. Yeah. What a surprise! And um, forgot I was going. So <laughs> you said last he, week. He reminded me of all of it. Uh, <laughs> so we bought a shirt up, a um, bit of deodorant in the car park. He was standing a little bit too close and watching me undress. That was weird. Um, and I covered my nipples for some reason. So, yeah, literally. He was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't want you to see my nips. Um, so then we went over to Pizza Express. We had a nice Pizza Express and some dough balls and some calamari, which was nice. And then held hand. We didn't hold hands. And then we walked over to the uh, arena. down the road. Yeah. Now, it still felt weird um, going into an arena with that many people. Um, and, you know, the, the checks they do now are, that are awesome. No one was moaning. We, we know why um, they extra check now. And um, I always find the most exciting bit about going to any show is when you see one of the stage doors open and you can almost see into the arena and you see the set and you're all like, oh, God, look at it. So exciting. Um, so we sat down. We were kind of, we weren't at the sides. We were at the, the seats on the floor. So they weren't the best seats, but they weren't the worst seats. Because there's know? no banking on those at all, is there? The no, one, no, on no. the so flat floor. Flat. So I had someone with the most giant head in front of me. <laughs> um, he had the all, hugest head. But I didn't mind them because they were talking wrestling in the front of me. And at one point I thought, I'm going to have to talk to them because they're like wrestling fans. Uh, but I thought it was weird. Um, the guy next to me um, was sniffing loads, so I thought, brilliant, he's got it. Uh, and then James to me, uh, my left, who, James has lost a lot of weight recently, and he's doing really well, bless him. Um, but he's still got massive legs. So I felt quite sandwiched between sniff a lot and big legs. <laughs> and then in front of me, I had a big head. So anyway, um, it was due to start at eight o'clock. Got to five past, no show. Ten past, no show. People then were just, this is such an irritant. They were walking in as if they've got all the time in the world. Some of them scoffing their face with a hot dog. Just eat it when you're in bloody seats. <laughs> people walking in, walking in, walking in. 25 past eight, the bloody thing started. Just because people wouldn't sit down in time. But people wouldn't sit down, taping their time. People on mobiles. Yeah, I know. Yeah, great. Just send me the file. Yeah, good. Well done. Bye, bye, bye. So anyway, the show came on. Um, it's it was a proper setup, so there's a set and there's a um, big screen, and he starts off by going oh, and he comes down the stairs, nearly hits his winky when he slides down the stairs. Um, the first half was not what I expected, and it was a bit meh. It was a bit all right, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it's hard to do. I mean, you think about how many lines he's got in it. Second half was back to Partridge. Um, they had a guest on screen, uh, on um, uh, on sitting down with him talking. That was awkward. Then he got someone off uh, out the crowd that was clearly a plant because she took over and started getting, all right, everyone. Um, and you know what Partridge is like. He's like, should we sit down? <laughs> um, and then there was a musical number. He had another guest on Zoom. Um, that guest was actually an Irish person that had already was him. He'd been in a previous episode of this time. And then uh, he also went to his house um, on his mobile phone on FaceTime because Lynn was, was at his house watching him, uh, watching his house. Um, so that that was good. It was 
I think he stretched it. So how long was it? How long was the show for? Um, so I think it was like fifteen minutes for the first half, then a twenty-minute interval, and then another forty-five minutes. Right. So yeah, it's you know for half an hour watching a, a, a sitcom, perfect. But to stretch it out, it got a bit. Yeah, yeah I'm glad I went to see it, um, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be, and I feel really horrid saying that. It just. I've been to see other comedians where it's like proper laugh out loud and people clap after jokes. There was none of that. There wasn't a standing ovation at the end. Um, and it was literally quite a good night. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a full house. Um, wasn't wasn't the best. See, I think sometimes I, I've never, so I've seen, <clears throat> actually tell you, I have seen a comedian now. I've seen, because I, I think I've mentioned before, I went to see Jasper Carrot used to do a, um, jingle ball or something like that yes, at the, at the NA, yeah, NIA. Yeah. Um, so it used to have musical guests on and comedians. So I went to see that one year. Um, we left at the end because the Sugar Bros were on. And I didn't really care. Um, so we went, but we uh, Sean Locke was on, um, and that oh, was in a big arena. And he absolutely had that crowd in his hand. It was yeah, brilliant, yeah. so so funny. But then some other comedians, I can't remember the names, but some other comedians were on there, and they didn't quite hit. And you get the odd... Richard Jovex was one. Didn't quite hit yeah, when I get, went to watch him live. He, you get the, he wasn't. You get a murmur, don't you? Of, you yeah. sort of get like a little yeah. ripple, but you don't get that proper belly laugh. And I think a lot of that is due, due to the fact that the size of the arena... So if you're in a theatre, it's a much more intimate show. You feel closer. But if you're in a massive arena, I always think... The only thing... Did you watch him on stage or did you just watch the screen of him on stage? More or less of the screen. Yeah, uh, because you I'm can't so see anything, away. can you? Exactly. And that's why he did a lot visually uh, by the um, the screen and all that stuff. But it was just, you had to be a real fan to enjoy it. So James had only watched bits of it. So, I mean, he enjoyed it, but you could tell it wasn't like, if I went to see Peter, if I've watched a stage show at Peter Kay, I'm crying, absolutely yeah. crying. Um, and probably Lee Evans the same as well. But it it was all right. It was all right. I wouldn't say I hated it, uh, but I came away from there absolutely shattered. How much were your tickets? Um, 51 quid. So you think that's a full house? How many is that? What, 10,000 people in there? Yeah. 8,000, something yeah, 11, like that? 11,000, yeah. 11,000 people at at least £51 a ticket? Oh, creaming it. Absolutely yeah. creaming it. He doesn't really so care I'm, to tell if the show's rubbish. I'm going to a smaller uh, venue, much, much smaller, uh, which is the lovely Palace Theatre. Uh, and I'm off to watch um, Paul Zerden. Um, I've seen him. And uh, uh, no strings attached. Oh, I've I'm seen him live. I've seen him. I've seen him. Going to watch. Yeah, we've seen him before as well. We're <sighs> going uh, next Wednesday. Uh, we're front row. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. But I'm I'm almost a bit nervous as well because we went to watch a show with him about two years ago uh, before the pandemic. And I'm hoping it's not the same bloody show because I think it was called No Strings Attached. And if I booked it again, I'm going to be like, hmm. This is that one that, remember I said to you a few episodes ago, I was like, I've booked something yeah. and I can't believe I booked it. So we're going to this. Um, but I, I'm hoping that will be belly laugh. Oh God, I've got to tell you one more thing. I went to watch a pantomime as well, an Easter pantomime with Kerry Katona in. An um, Easter pantomime? An Easter pantomime, yeah. Never heard it of that had before. Kerry Katona and it also had um, him off uh, Coronation Street, uh, Richard Hillman, who was a serial killer back in the day. Okay, no, I don't know. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> oh, it was horrific. Oh, I looked at someone and they looked at me 
And it was just like, mm. <laughs> oh. And I heard people pretending to laugh. <laughs> who, who, why, who does it Easter Pantos? I have never heard of that before. Oh, yeah, it's quite a thing. They were touring loads. Wizard of Oz. And then you think they're going to break into um, Yellow Brick Road. Um, and they can't because it's copyrighted. copyrighted. <laughs> they can't do Over the Rainbow. It's copyrighted. I mean, this is quite ironic because it was a small stage. So, for follow the yellow brick road, you're thinking they might have a set. But some guy came out with a road outfit on, and she followed him. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, how... Irony at its best in the Redditch Palace Theatre. So but he's show... fall, isn't it, really? How the celebrities fall. Oh, don't, because he did joke. Um, I mean, when he was singing, you... it was like Pierce Brosnan singing. You couldn't hear him. And then... Don't. I mean, I can't talk about it. I feel quite elated. And more Damien Theatre reviews next week. (sighs) Sorry, Ian. It's all right. Um, Karen's just going to pick up a little one. Hi, Karen. Oh, say hello. Say hello. Put your head on the camera. Hiya. Hello. Um, and we haven't mentioned um, the fact that um, an MP was caught watching porn in the um, House of Commons chamber. I know, but and was has... he actually caught cracking one off? Uh, he no, he wasn't caught um, doing in that. The act. But he was um, he was caught watching pornography in the chamber, um, and he has been named by the Conservative Party. Um, Why? As... Why have they ousted him? Because he's um, he's had the the whip. Uh, removed from him, um, so he's no longer part of the Conservative Party in the House of Commons. Um, and his name is Neil Parrish. Um, and it was quite funny. I follow quite a lot of people that are in that sort of cover politics on Twitter and stuff like that. And loads of them are going, this man has been in politics for 18 years. I have never heard of him. <laughs> so it's made a right impression. Um, but yes, it is him who has been um, suspended from the Conservative Party and had the wit removed. Um, for watching pornography in the House of Commons chamber. I don't know was why he, he was. So was he in the bit where they, I, they actually, debate? On, on the green benches, sat in the House of, Cha- House of Commons, um, watching porn on his phone. So someone's ratted him out, right? Someone's been either behind uh, no, well, he him. Was, um, he was, so he did it while ne- sat next to two female MPs. And then these female MPs were having a meeting with the... Um, someone higher up in the Conservative Party, I can't remember who, um, and they mentioned this in that, that they had seen this person watching porn. I mean, it's silly, isn't it, to be fair? It is. I mean, it's like, you know, leaving a sock on the side. You don't (laughs) want to be found out, you know? No, people do it, but, you know, you do it in private. My wife actually came through from our ensuite on the one occasion, had for some reason been in the bin and produced evidence of a tissue. (laughs) (laughs) Actually turned around to me, and her exact wording was, "Enjoy yourself, did you?" <laughs> Seems like when I go out, right? Okay then. So rather than loading the dishwasher, you had yourself a nice little wink, did you? Yes, Brilliant. I did, yeah. And literally held it like it was the worst, most disgusting thing in the world. Been enjoying yourself, have you? Have you? You didn't put I mean, it obviously in the bin, it was though, quite rolled up because it was quite dry in the bin, one part. You don't, you, put what, sorry? you don't put it in the bin. Well, I think I worried. You put it down the toilet. No, I heard her coming in. I emergency. <laughs> oh no. Um, so yeah. So um, anyway. So yes, this MP um, 
who, you know, has um, has often stated his very strong held Christian beliefs and morality and family values and then watch porn in the House of Chambers Commons. But anyway, um, I'm sure that one will crack on, so to speak. It's Monday and it's time for three men and a microphone. Um, so a brand new show released on Netflix last week, um, which has basically just gone pretty much viral it's gone massive um i've heard about this it is um it's called Heartstoppers. um and yes it, i think it just before you tell me about it because I, I you know you and i are very geeky when it comes to tv is this sort of one that has got like the like absolutely mega rating uh, as in um reviews everyone said how amazing it is it's one of the only shows on rotten tomatoes to have a 100 percent rating and it's British. And it's British. Um, and it's based on a internet comic book series. Um, and it is about two teenage boys at school um, who are discovering their sexuality. One of them is openly gay and openly out at school. And then the other one is a rugby player, typical... For the American... If any Americans are listening, it would be the jock type person. For a British person, it would be, you know, like the popular kid who's into rugby, football, all that sort of stuff. Um, and he discovers his sexuality. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but um, it is aimed at teenagers, but it is something that, that everyone can watch. It's very family friendly. It it portrays a fantastic message about the fact that it just shows queer love between two men and two women. It just shows it in a very positive way. So it's not nasty. It's not gratuitous. There's no sex in it. It's literally about two teenage boys finding out their sexuality and discovering each other and basically falling in love. Now, I watched this as a bit of, you know, whatever. I watched the first episode because everyone was talking about it. Is it based Um, for kids? Say again. Yes, it's it's, it's, it's aimed at teenagers. So it's aimed at teenagers. So it's a 12 certificate. So it's from that that age up. Um, And it is one of the most sweetest, most affirming pieces of television i have seen wow and for someone that is gay it's something that i wish when i was younger i had that because it is just so well done it's not set over over century century like no over sen, no over what am i trying to think of not centralized it's not uh, sensation sensationalism. Oh right, okay. Is yeah, it you know what I mean. Modern, modern now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based in it's based in modern now. It's in a British school. Um, it's British oh. families. It's got um Olivia Coleman in it, who plays the mum, who How has many one episodes? of episodes. Uh, eight episodes, but they're only half an hour long. Um, oh. and it Worth has. Watch you, you, oh yeah, you honestly, for you, mate, because you are very much an ally. You're mm. very, you're very pro. So yeah, 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 for yeah. You, um, but for also for your kids, um, perhaps not your youngest one, but for your old one, because it, it doesn't show anything. But it just, it made me think that if I had something like that when I was that age, when I was 18, 19, 20, whatever, it makes you think, because a lot of people will, will be able to watch that with their families and perhaps use it. There's been taught, there's people who post on Twitter how they've used certain parts of that show to come out to their parents. Wow. And not wow. everybody will have that same reaction not everyone will get that same love and support that is shown in that show and that's still a thing and it's still very unfortunate but to think that when i was younger the only thing i had was michael cashman on eastenders 
And there was controversy about that and all the stuff in the papers. And then we had Queer as Folk. But I didn't watch that in front of the family because, you know, <laughs> that's a bit rude. Um, but there was nothing like this around when I was younger. And I just think it's fabulous. It shows how much we've moved on, how much more there is still to do. But it is just one of the sweetest shows I've seen for such a long time. And it's just, I loved it. Loved. I watched eight episodes over two days. And it's just, it's fabulous. See, it's funny. It, it's because I've known you for a long time and I always knew. Um, but there was obviously shenanigans in did terms you? of... Uh, always. Of course I did. Always. And there were shenanigans at, uh, when we did hospital radio together that, oh, yes, I'm I'm seeing someone or I'm going on a date with someone. I did once. This time, <laughs> you, you were kind of um, like early 20s. Now, again, we're not going too deep into to family history, but your your dad is very much a, a man's man. Um, and I would probably... Uh, I, and we've, we've never talked about this, um, but uh, that must have been quite hard for you. Your dad the most, would you say? Because your mom is just so lovely. Um, but I guess maybe I'm wrong, but was your dad and your brother the hardest? Uh, my brother. I told my brother first. Oh, okay, cool. So love your relationship I, with your brother. Never met him, but um, lovely. I, ca- I came out to my brother when we were at V Festival because I won tickets to V Festival and I came out to him um, when I was at V Festival. And did he um, go, yeah, I know? Uh, no, he said, he said, I suspected. Um, and then, but then I still waited two, three years after that to tell my mum and dad. I've no idea why. It's it's really odd because as a straight person, you've never had to come out as straight. No. So no, you've no, never no. had to say, you've never had to sit down with your mum and dad and go, I've got something to tell you. Um, just want to let you know um, I'm straight. You'd never had to do that. So every gay person that goes through that has a different experience and every you have to do it when you're right to do it. So it took me a long time to come to terms with it myself. And then once I come to terms with it myself, it then took me even longer for no real reason to tell my mum and dad because they were both absolutely fine. Did you arrange a meeting or was it like a, was it, no, uh, mom, I, dad, I need to tell you something? Uh, no, actually, the, the way it happened is I went, um, I was going away with Colin because I already knew Colin at the time. So I was going away with Colin and I kept running out of excuses of how to say why I was going away for a weekend because it was very unusual for me. I never used to go out. And then I was just making up these excuses. Oh, yeah, I'm going out with so-and-so. Um, and I thought, hey, do you know, this is just stupid. I need to tell them. So I just told my mum. So he was sat on the computer in the other room and I just walked in and went, um, can I have a word? And told her. And she went, um, yeah, I, I thought that might be the case. I was waiting for you to say it. And then she gave me a hug. And then she said, do you want me to tell your dad? And I went, yeah, okay. Um, I thought my dad, I, my dad was very much, when I was younger, he was quite, you know, in the army, that sort of quite conservative, but he's mellowed a lot. So over his, over his, in his later years, um, and she obviously went down and told him. Um, and then he came up and I was in my bedroom. He knocked on the door and he went, well done. Put his thumbs up oh, and then did him. Proud of you. Oh, well again. <laughs> that's made me, honestly, that, I've got goosebumps. Now, is, that, that, this isn't just for, we've never had that conversation and we've known each other for like, 20, it's made me a bit emotional. <laughs> Silly photo. <laughs> he actually gave you his thumbs up. Yeah, he oh, just, God, he, yeah, he put the door and thumbs up and went, well done. And then just went oh. and then just went downstairs, and that wow. was it. Wow. And it was it was the biggest relief. And it's but again, oh, going back, fair, going back, you know what? Fair play to him because I mean, the first time I met Ian's dad, I had a baseball cap on back to front, 
tracky bottoms trainers <laughs> i just look like a stereotypical <laughs> someone from where i live and uh it, it was like hello okay right <laughs> and he was so i remember just being petrified of him okay sir no problem um but and that, that, him, that, him and colin get on like a house on fire Oh, I can imagine. I can, but to be fair, your partner, um, Colin, of course, for people that don't know, he's such a charming man anyway. He's a flirtatious <laughs> so-and-so. Um, you know, I haven't been invited round. I don't know what that was about. Uh, but no, he's he's a lovely, lovely man. And um, that's amazing. Yeah, we've we've come a long way. And um, to be fair, your dad's story of uh, well done um, gave me goosebumps. But all I'd say is Ian's dad, you're a top bloke. <laughs> And if you want to go, go and watch Heartstoppers on Netflix. It's half hour episodes. It's brilliant. I loved it. Can't wait for another series. It's a new obsession. And that is it for this week's episode of Three Men and a Microphone from D3 Media. Thank you so much for watching. Darren will be back next week. And next week... Watching... Watching? Did I say watching? You did. So I, I did that again. I um, think so. Yes, okay, right. And that's it for this episode of Three Men and a Microphone from These Three Media. Thank you so much for listening for the last, oh, I don't know, 30 odd minutes or so, however long this episode is. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've enjoyed the past couple of episodes. Um, we do have an announcement to make next week. Um, when all three of us are here um, and it's quite a big announcement but we will do that on next week's episode um, so if you're a fan of the show um, just prepare yourself uh, but we'll have more of that next week thank you Damien yeah thank you it's um, really interesting we've covered theatre we've talked about TV programmes which I'm definitely going to go and watch what was it called again Ian? Heartstoppers Heartstoppers can't wait for that uh, talk to and this show will always remind me of your dad uh, because honestly what a man um, and you know for any listeners that are, are struggling you know have a talk you know it's probably never going to be as bad as you think it is um, and Ian is an example of that that uh, you know sometimes you build up these things and they're never as bad um, so yeah that's cool it is it's very true um, and yeah it, it, when you talk about it it becomes a whole lot easier um, and I am now out proud and a screaming homosexual, darling. Oh, and I can't wait to take him to Canal Street or Hurst oh. Street where we... We need, to do, along the, we the, need the, to do Birmingham Pride this year, Damien. We, we, we must be top. We, we can we paint our top. faces with rainbows. Yes, and we, we're going to bring down along and make him feel really uncomfortable. Right, Ooh. until next week, look after yourselves. Three Men and the Microphone has been a These Three Media production. Thank you very much for listening. Um, follow us on all the social media. Don't forget, listen next week for a big announcement that will change everything. Very good. Yeah, and enjoyed it. Wow, that was amazing about your dad. I thought that's really, that's really quiet. I've never asked you that because, I mean, again, obviously there was that. (laughs) Bye then. (laughs) 